Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. We are almost to March, where basketball is anything but. March becomes a sprint in the NBA, a time where games get a new level of intensity, where tempers flare and a team's collective identity better be firmly in place. Unfortunately, we are not there yet with the Phoenix Suns. But I will say this. Twice this year, the Suns have lost games that really pierced their contender status, that really shook us to our core once it happened to the Clippers once it happened to the Rockets and both times they rebounded with sturdy resounding wins and both times it came against the Lakers and we're starting to see some commonality balance when the Suns have it they look really good intensity and urgency when the Suns really feel it especially on defense they look really good and when they limit their turnovers when they play with pace when they hold their own on the glass they're capable of being a really good team problem is there's a lot of ifs still in the equation and that has to end either way we all know that beating LA never gets old and is always timely the last time this team beat the Lakers it led to a seven game winning streak and this time let's hope it marks the beginning of an ending the Valley can all rally around all right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Talk about the big three with Devin, Kevin, and, but is there like a middle three developing now with Yusuf, Grayson, and, and Royce? They just seemed awfully big for you. No day. doubt. And Eric, were, you know, we have Eric tonight, but um, yeah, he's been a big part of it. But those three guys were the stars of the game tonight. You know, I mean, Book and KD did what they, they had to do. They both hit uh, closer-type shots in the fourth quarter, you know, Help us secure the the victory, but uh, you know Grayson and and uh, and Royce with six threes each, and Nurk with twenty two seven. What is it? Twenty two seven and, and eighteen points. A hell of a night. And guarding Anthony Davis all night. And that's just a big time performance by Nurk. Big three. Now we got the middle three forming, or the middle four. Nah, as Frank Vogel wanted to say, but right, the right. balance. You're right on the money. The balance is what stood out yesterday. The, yes, and you can't. I don't think this team can count on that every single night. But in a game, you know, the game unfolds in a certain way and balance is presented to you. Hey, role players, you can step up and really get your fingerprints on a win and they do it. Mm -hmm. That's only good moving forward. And as you pointed out earlier, Royce O'Neal, he's been really, really good since coming to the Suns. He is not afraid to take shots and he makes them more often than Josh Okoge does, which is good. So because this is really going to be the secret sauce to this team. We've seen this now for years, um, especially when you've got guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, this team team has had the tendency in the fourth quarter of high leverage games to get tight and they get tight because they play iso ball and then they work the clock and then the clock gets into a deficit situation and then everything kind of falls apart it is much better if this team can get to a level where where it's where it isn't it doesn't come down to that now there of course there are going to be moments in the postseason where you give the ball to KD or book and you say everybody clear out get out of the way mm-hmm. that's just the way you do it um, but but you do need to have guys who are going to make big shots. And they definitely did that yesterday. They did that Kevin, yesterday. Kevin Durant talked about that. Oh. They try to live with something against us and giving up open threes and layups and paying attempts because they want to stop us so bad when Brad's not out there. Um, guys came through and knocked down shots. And I think we got it like the, the Dallas game. 
Houston game, um, we didn't do a good job of exploiting that and, 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 and getting other guys shots, specifically myself. Um, so it got to be better at that moving forward, especially with Brad not being there. And you know, I think that's only going to be good for our team. Guys got to step up and do more, and you know. Have a different role some nights. It's only gonna make us better. Yeah, the Bradley Beal question looms because he's now missed three games post All Star break after mm-hmm. tweaking that hamstring before the break. And I know the feeling going into the break was, wow, it didn't look that major. Um, you know, it's coming at a great time. If it's an injury for Bradley Beal, you got a week to get things settled. And now we're going on two weeks with this hamstring injury. Frank Vogel told us last week that he was confident that he'd be available for the Dallas game. Still I, not ready to go. Yeah, and you see these videos of his pregame workouts, and it looks like he's pretty letting vigorous. It re- yes, and you, so you're like, whoa. So is it, what? what is the deal with this? Well, the deal with this is we're getting the Bradley Beal that, uh, it, it, that he gave the Wizards the last three years. A guy that's going to give you about 45 games and and that's and and that's unfortunate it seems to be a reality let's just hope that he can put together that stretch of 16 to 25 games uh when it matters in the playoffs so I, I think that I also think that the Lakers are not a team that plays with pace. Uh, the Lakers have a size advantage that 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 generally would would make um, things difficult for the Suns. That certainly wasn't the case yesterday. I, I really like the attitude that Yusuf Nurkic played with yesterday, mm-hmm. right? And 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 they seem to kind of feed off of that. And and then you talk about just the big shots that were made at key moments in the game. That was one of the big takeaways for this team. And and sometimes it it's as easy as that. It's a make or miss league, right, Vinny? Is that what they say? Yeah, it's a game of runs as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. But it's it's like, and I draw the example of the last time they beat the Lakers in what felt like a must win game. I went back and checked the schedule. What the two games prior to that, they lost a real bad game to Memphis when the Grizzlies didn't really have anybody, mm-hmm. and then they got just rolled by the Clippers in a game which they didn't even look like they were on the same level as the Clippers. And I remember the next morning going, this team's got some trouble. Yeah. Is in trouble. And then they went into L.A. and they rolled the Lakers and they put together a nice streak of basketball. Here we are. It's a good time for a nice streak of basketball. Yeah, the Lakers, too, and, and they're trying to find their footing, and they're in a, in a play-in spot right now. I don't know if I see them getting out. I, it, I mean, just based a lot on what we saw from yesterday. I mean, LeBron's LeBron. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis put in two different performances yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was absent in the first half and got dominated by Yusuf Nurkic and was really good in the second half when he decided he wanted to play. D'Angelo Russell was amazing in the first half, did nothing in the second half. Mm-hmm. It's like their their interest level or their engagement in the game on an individual basis just wanes so much. I, I look at the team, I don't see a whole lot, and you've been saying this for a while, they just do not look that impressive to me. And going into the game, oh, Rui Hachimura in the starting lineup has made all the... Really? I mean... He's a nice spot-up shooter, a big, yeah. tall dude. But, I, yeah, I, I'm not... I don't look at the Lakers and, and feel fear. I really don't. I don't either. It's a beautiful feeling to have. It's a much different feeling when you look at the Lakers. Now, doing that to the Lakers fan base yesterday, that's very enjoyable as well because yeah, that it's because they're back now at Footprint Center. That was pretty obvious yesterday. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be different yesterday, yeah. but it it was certainly not different. No. And I remember feel I feel that way every time the Lakers are in town. Um especially feel that way when the Lakers are not good at all. Mm-hmm. And they still pack the place. 
How do they get these tickets? <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I said no this question. earlier in the show, and I truly believe this is going to happen. That is, LeBron's career winds down. The next superstar that'll wear the purple and gold Giannis. of the Lakers, or the mm-hmm. forum blue and gold of the mm-hmm. Lakers, is Giannis. Mm-hmm. And then it's just this never-ending cycle of, of unbelievable fortune for that franchise. It's disgusting is what it is. Yeah. It really, really is. I mean, it, it's it, it's so bad, the NBA commissioner had to negate a trade of Chris Paul to the Lakers at one point in time. They you still- go back, it's, it's unbelievable how lopsided some of these deals have been in Lakers history. They still went and won two championships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up next, we'll have uh, more on the Phoenix Suns. The Super Bowl was a couple weeks ago, but there's another Super Bowl happening in the oh, Valley right boy. now. Oh, boy. We're going to get into the Bowl Bowl phenomenon. Straight ahead, Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Luke. It's been three games for the Phoenix Suns since the All-Star break. So do you feel better or worse about their chances now? We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Josh play catch now. J.O. gives to Bull. A wide open three right corner. Up and in for Bull. He'll put it on the deck. Bounce to Bull left side. Open for three. He's going to try another one and buy another one. How about back-to-back trifectas for Bull. Bull off the bench. He's got 16 points, 12 boards on the night. John Bloom, a couple of highlights from Friday night. Uh, bowl, bowl. <laughs> well, yeah. It was it was weird to watch because Bull Bull was the best player on the floor for the Phoenix Suns Friday night in Houston. 25 points, 14 rebounds, did everything Crazy to keep numbers. his team in the game. And the Suns could not get past a very, very average Rockets team. Uh, Bull Bull, it took him a long time to get a spot in this rotation. He did not play any minutes against Dallas in the first game after the All-Star break, but played a key role yesterday as well. Uh, he has carved out a spot for himself. Mm-hmm. And we had that discussion about, hey, what Frank Vogel is trying to devise a playoff rotation. Uh, is Bull Bull part of it? And Vogel was asked that question uh, about his spot in the rotation yesterday. Bull's, you know, proven to, to be a hell of a player for us, you know, and, uh, you know, expect him to be in the rotation most nights, uh, playing minutes like he did tonight. Um, there's certain matchups that are, are not great with, with him, uh, you know, that we'll continue to measure on a game, game-to-game basis, but um, really gave us a big lift tonight. Yeah, it's interesting, and I agree with that. Not an, There's some matchups that are not great for him from a game-to-game standpoint, but also he creates a mismatch the other way that can kind of diminish that disadvantage he may be at on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Offensively, he does a well, lot of really good things. And, and here's the thing. so And there are, defe- there are deficiencies in terms of his defense, particularly his physicality. I get that. But what he does do is he bothers some shooters. He's got the ability to contest shots. Oh, yeah. And, and that means something in basketball because, I, for the most part, NBA players, they're going to get their looks. Either they're going to create them on their own or they're going to pick and roll their way into a good look. And, and you've got to be able to kind of bother them at least a little bit. And he's been able to do that. I And, and I bring this up because I saw an amazing still photo from yesterday's game where Spencer Dinwiddie is shooting from the corner and Bobo, the outstretched arm. It's, it's a, a staggering visual. And you get guys like that. Now you as a perimeter shooter, you're like, okay, I, I, it, it gets in your head. 
No, you've got to get because you don't want to get that ball rejected. That's the last thing an NBA player wants you, is to have a jump shot put back in their face. Remember the old drills they used to show too during practice, like jump shooters and, mm-hmm. and a coach, like a player development coach, would be standing in, with a broom. Yeah, that, that's I, it. That's basically that's it. like shooting against that, bowl. That's bowl bowl. A guy with a broom. Yeah, here's uh, Devin Booker on bowl. Super exciting because. You know, he's been part of that stay, stay ready bump team um, and watching how hard those guys play and, you know, them coming in on off days, coming in before practice and just waiting on the opportunity. And, you know, he's taking full advantage of it right now. Yeah, here's uh, Kevin Durant talking about Bulls' confidence. Bulls is an incredible basketball player, in my opinion. He just needs opportunity. He needs somebody that's going to trust him. He needs teammates that's going to trust him. And I think he's building that here with us. Uh, he was huge. I think he had 11 tonight, and we needed every one of those. Getting to the rim, using his length on defense. He's incredible contesting the shot in third quarter. I mean, he's only getting better, man. And, and uh, we're around him every day, and we focus in on him. So we see the growth. People on the outside is for him to see, but he's been he's been more than I uh, expected. His intangibles, his work ethic, you know, his IQ, all the stuff that I, I didn't really think about when it comes to bowl. That's that's defining. That's the foundation of his game, and everything you see on top of that is just from creativity and just having confidence. And I'm happy that he's putting together some good games, and that means that you know if you put together good games in this league, you'll start to get rotation minutes. So hopefully that's in line for him. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, when the Suns made the determination back in October to keep Bull Bull, mm-hmm. and they said goodbye to Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright was a popular figure. I didn't know if that was the right maneuver, because as I saw it at the time, mm-hmm. Bull Bull was kind of an end-of-the-bench novelty. Yes. And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. And the, I was basing that not only on what I saw, but the things that I was hearing about Bull Bull, that maybe the knocks against him in Denver, in Orlando, is that he wasn't the most serious pro, mm-hmm. that he didn't take it all that serious. And mm-hmm. maybe being with this veteran group, when you've got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker leading the way and setting that example from a work ethic standpoint, all reports you hear now, he was in, he was in the gym every day during the All-Star break, continuing to work. The other knock on him was that he made bad decisions, would take bad shots, that treated every opportunity like it was his own personal highlight reel. Yes. He makes the right decision like almost every time he touches the ball. And and again, this is the part that that hasn't... When I think of the things I heard about Bull Bull versus watching him play, that's the thing that jumps out at me. There's a huge disconnect in, in what I've heard and read about his recklessness with the basketball, with with his need to kind of show everybody how skilled he is as a seven foot three dude that that he just he, he throws a team out of balance, out yeah. of whack offensively. And and I haven't seen any of that. Now that's not to say that it hasn't been there in the past. In fact, I remember in the preseason um, when I think Bull Bull had a good effort, a good game, and Frank Vogel's like, yeah, well he's got to he's got to work on those turnovers. And and at that point in time, Frank Vogel was pretty dismissive of the idea of Bull Bull being an impact member of this basketball team. I think all that's changed. Now, maybe that's in Bull Bull. Maybe it's a result of good coaching. Maybe it's keeping Bull Bull in places where you can maximize what he gives you and limit the other stuff. I don't know. But it's it seems to be working. And at, at a baseline level, the impact he has on the fan base, again, it's it's you can't debate it. It's inarguable. Yeah, I think the when when he gets off the bench for that first time, whenever that is, 
it's still that palpable feel like, oh, yeah. here comes Bull. But it's I, not I, because, hey, our novelty is coming in. It's because they know he's probably going to impact the game positively. And he's he's been able to do that now. So again, so again, if you start looking at him as a playoff rotation guy, that's quite a victory for this young man. Yeah. And it was, given his reputation, yeah, given and, his reputation, and he's kind of in, he's kind of there now. He's kind of yeah. With the, when when the Suns look dangerous and play their best, he's generally a, a bit part of it. That dunk he had Friday night in Houston, mm-hmm. where he just extended and just kept. <laughs> kept extending. I know. There was like, right. like him, a space him, jam. Him yeah. and Wembenyama are the two guys, the only two guys in the league right. that can make a play like right. that. When you dunk from that far out, uh-huh. it just seems humanly impossible. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a seven foot five wingspan. <laughs> and he's seven foot three. Do the math. That's, uh, that's yeah. It's, you still- see why this guy is a fan favorite since he stepped foot in the NBA despite not having even a ton when, of playing time anywhere. Even when he was at Oregon. Even when he was at Oregon, because you see the potential, but just, I don't know if, you don't know if he could sustain this type of play if he gets extended minutes for a long time now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, he's been, I don't, since he's been plugged into the rotation, do you mm-hmm. remember any bad stints? I, I, I don't, don't. I don't either. And you can't say that about too many of the Suns bench players. It's true. It's very, very true. I still marvel at the fact that he's seven foot three. And four inches shorter than the tallest member of his own family. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> That's very odd. That is nuts. Uh, we'll continue to talk Suns basketball. Eddie Johnson, TV analyst of the Suns, Sirius XM, NBA radio host. He will join us straight ahead. Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Monday edition of Bickley Murata mornings continues live from the Auction Community Studios. Talking a lot about the Suns, where they are after their win over the Los Angeles Lakers on national TV yesterday. Here to talk some Suns basketball with us. TV analyst and Sirius XM NBA radio host Eddie Johnson, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. EJ, good, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's always a happier Monday or whatever you day beat of the, the Lakers week after you yeah, beat the Lakers, right. right? That's a good point. Yeah, it is. I wish, though, we'd be on a three-game winning streak yeah. after the All-Star game. Uh, had the opportunity to beat the Mavs right after. Had a double-digit lead. Uh, then was dominating Houston uh, by, what, 16 and lost both of those. And, yeah, so it was good to come back home where the Suns are pretty much now uh, taking hold of their home court. Uh, I think that's what the eighth in a row at home. Uh, to to keep themselves, you know, in contention, obviously, to stay out of the play-in. So, yeah, it was, it was a great win. And, yeah, it's always great to beat the Lakers. But, you know, I'm a little bit past that in that regard. I expect so much more of this team. Uh, and I definitely don't expect them to lose to the Serbian team. But they have a chance to get some revenge on the Rockets this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yes, and, and I think that's going to happen. Now, as a guy who played the game at, at its highest level, I'm curious what you think about this, because when the Suns have balanced scoring, it seems they really feel dangerous and they feel a little bit different. Is it true that when you get everybody involved early, it helps guys, fringe guys, role players make shots late? In other words, does having balance in terms of, of an offensive attack help this team close? out games better because the guys are more comfortable. Is there truth to that? There's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you know, you won't touch it. Uh, you even see it during the course of a game, like when a guy gets in, uh, if he can get a free opportunity to get a shot, like, you know, a foul was called or 
the ball got loose and the officials stopped the game, he might take a shot at the rim. Because it's a different animal. Although you warmed up, uh, you know, for a rope guy especially, you know, you're either going to be on the court with guys that's not going to, you're not going to get shots early because, like, for example, you know, Katie and, and Devin is trying to get their rhythm going because they're more important. And then, you know, when you're on the bench, you know, you got to sit there, you know, sometimes for 20 minutes real time, 30 minutes before you get into a game and you get in cold. So it's always good to try to get your rhythm early on. I know for me, uh, you know, when I was getting the game, my whole mindset was I wanted to get to the free throw line. You know, I didn't even care if I made a shot. I'm just trying to draw a foul. Uh, I'm trying to get an offensive rebound. I'm trying to get out on the break to get a layup. Because once that happens, then all of a sudden I loosen up and I get a little bit stronger mentally. And I think that's the hard job of a role player. And that's what people sometimes don't understand is that, you know, Grayson Allen, as great a shooter as he is, he can go at, like the other night against, was against Dallas, uh, he hit like a couple of shots early and didn't even take any more shots. Yeah. But he played 30 minutes. That's tough. And so the job of a role guy, the job of a big player, uh, is really significant and is very difficult. Devin and KD get shots whenever they want. Their rhythm is never disrupted. The only time it's disrupted is somebody double teams them. You know, somebody makes them get rid of the ball, okay. But ultimately, they can shoot the ball anytime that they want. So uh, I like you know, what Grayson Allen has done all year. Uh, Eric Gordon, uh, he, you know, obviously, so you need him every game. And now, you know, Bobo finally get the opportunity to play. I, I, you know, nothing against Vogel. I mean, everybody has to make their decisions when they make them. But I've been riding that horse all year. And I'm just like, I wish this guy would get a sincere chance. And since he's gotten that chance, he's ingrained himself in the rotation. Eddie Johnson, Suns television analyst, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings with Bradley Beal remaining on the shelf, and hopefully that changes this uh, this week, Eddie. And, and now the addition of Royce O'Neal, who looks very comfortable not only blending in but taking big shots, important shots when they present themselves to him. A lot of people are maybe thinking, could this lead to a change in the starting lineup? What, what are your thoughts on that? Is Bradley Beal a starter as soon as he comes back? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> I don't know who those people are. Yeah, Bradley Beal's going to be in that lineup. Uh, you know, Royce O'Neal is is a, is a tremendous role player. Uh, you know, I I love him ever since he's been in Utah. He's one of the few guys in the league that would really make Devin work hard. You know, and and that's what you you know have to prepare yourself for when you play against him. He's going to make you work hard. And he's a, he's a lot like Josh Kogi, but he's obviously a better shooter. And so because of that, I think he's going to, you know, in a way steal Josh Kogi's minutes. And uh, so it's a huge pickup for the Suns. And you can see, you leave him open, he'll knock down threes. Uh-huh. And he's not afraid either. You know, and, and that's a good thing as well. I want to go back to Bull Bull for a minute because, because uh, like you said, that uh, he certainly brings something very tangible to this to this team, and you noticed it with just the way he gets the crowd excited. But from a basketball standpoint, what does he do for the collective when he's out there? Well, again, you got to guard him, and, and that takes a lot more pressure. Again, what off Devin, off KD, off Bradley Bill. 
you know, when you got guys out there alongside them that can make you pay, then as a defender, you can't help out as aggressively as you would like. And you got to keep them off the glass. You know, any ball that, that hits the rim and goes straight up, he's going to get it. You know, understand what I'm saying. Like, a lot, some shots are going to hit the rim and shoot forward, okay? And so anybody's in contention to get those. Great rebounders normally dominate those kind of misses. But if Bobo's standing next to a great rebounder, doesn't matter. And the ball hits the rim and goes up, and it's above the cylinder, he has a better chance to go get it. And and we'll see that with him more and more as he gets the minutes that he does and he gets the confidence. And then also his ability to put the ball on the floor at his side, man. Duke can dribble. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. He's not overextending himself, and that's a great thing. Uh, but And then the jump shot is pure. So I think everybody's starting to see offensively how good he is. This is not unique. He's been this way since he's been in college. And now he's trying to get an opportunity to play with tremendous players, and he's able to stay on the court. Eddie Johnson, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. At the top of the Western Conference, you got two teams tied right now, Minnesota and Oklahoma City. You're kind of new to this whole party being on top of the conference. What is, you know, with, with about 24, 25 games left for these teams, Eddie, what is your belief level in those teams as legit teams that could win the West? Because it seems like they're maybe not getting as much of that widespread belief because they are newcomers. Well, you know, again, you have to prove it, right, in mm-hmm. the playoffs. And so even though you have a tremendous regular season, people are still going to doubt it, right? Because the name on the jersey, the front of the jersey, sometimes still grabs people's attention. Now, last year, you know, obviously short memory, if you if you remember, you know, the Miami Heat was an AC, and they made the finals. The Lakers in the West struggled all year. They had to play their way into the playoffs. Okay, out of the play-in, and they make the conference fight. So people are automatically going to think, despite what Oklahoma City and Minnesota are doing, that they can still be had. Uh, anybody can be had in the West, but Minnesota and Oklahoma City are for real. Yeah, Like, you're going to have to go into their building and beat them. And they have quality basketball players. I mean, uh Anthony Edwards is the real deal. Carl Anthony Towns is the real deal. And then you got the best defender, I think, this year in the league in Gobert. All right. And Mike Conley's one of the best leaders. Uh, for people that's not looking at that team and thinking that they can uh, make a run, no, no, no. They're wrong. And then Oklahoma City is extremely talented. They're fearless. Yes, they're young, but they're fearless. And they have a multitude of young scores. Jalen Williams from Arizona is the real deal. Uh-huh. You know, Shea is unreal, but Jalen Williams doesn't get the love he deserves. And Chad Holmgren uh, has been fantastic. And so both of those teams can make a run. I, I, I'm more scared of Minnesota than I would be Oklahoma City uh-huh. because I think the, the, the veterans that Minnesota has and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and Mike Connolly, but both of those teams are going to be tough to beat. Eddie, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for making time for us today. We appreciate it. All right, guys, no problem. Thank, Thank you, Jay. Eddie Johnson, Suns TV analyst. You can hear him on Sirius XM NBA Radio. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, we'll shift back to football. Turns out a potential Cardinals draft target will be in Indianapolis.
in some capacity. We'll get into that and more next. Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Wolf. The NFL Combine gets underway today. So how much will the performances in Indy shake up the top of the draft? We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. He's smooth as a route runner. He is elite tracking the ball. It's something called fast hands when you watch a wide receiver play. It's that ability to, or late hands, excuse me. It's that ability to don't give away that you're catching the ball until you're catching the ball. Tyreek Hill does this really, really well. And that's something that Harrison does as well as any prospect I've ever seen. It's those late hands to make the play on the ball, to use his size. And he's a great athlete as well. I think a lot of times we talk about neighbors, and he's such a good athlete. Marvin Harrison Jr. bench press is 380 pounds and squats <laughs> over 500. And he's six foot four. So, like, he's a great athlete. And I, I expect if we see him work out of the combine, he's going to put on a show. Matt Miller, NFL draft analyst with Wolf and Luke, last week here on Arizona Sports, talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. Bench is 380 as a wide receiver. That's pretty good. I've benched 380 before, collectively total in my whole life. <laughs> 380 with 12 reps, 12, that'd be what, 30 pounds? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Counts, right? Uh, right, right. Uh, there was a report earlier today, we talked about it earlier in the show, that Albert Breer put out uh, that Marvin Harrison not only wasn't working out in Indianapolis, wasn't even showing up. That has been amended. Breer uh, changed his reporting and that Harrison will be at Indianapolis, has not done any training for the Combine, so won't work out. He's mm. focusing on training for football, but will show up to do the interviews. Okay, that's, and it, that's, that's might, interesting. Yeah, that might be the most responsible plan ever. For a player who knows he's going to go top four, let's be honest. Yeah. Don't give people something to wonder about. Yeah. Why doesn't he want to meet with us? Something must be off with him. But if you show up, you do the interviews, which a lot of teams value as the most you know important thing of, mm-hmm. of the Indianapolis Combine Week, you're really checking all your boxes there. So, that, I mean, the, the, the feel of that reporting changed during the morning. Yeah, and it's a shame because uh, people who know say that of, of all the athletes who are going to be at the Combine, that the one who could really put on a show for television would have been Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. the combination of all of it, the speed, the strength, the size, the catching ability. But, again, what's, what's, what's in it for him? Really, what, what, it, it's, a, it's a no-win situation, in my opinion, and, and I think that this is going to be a new trend. I, I think that the, the Combine is going to become less and less and less imperative to, to football players who just don't see the point. Here's something interesting on this, though, too. is, And it's going to change a little bit now with this 12-team college football playoff starting up next year. But for the teams that weren't in the in the college football playoff in previous years, mm-hmm. it became very convenient, even if they were going to a major bowl game, to say, you know what, I'm tapping out of this bowl game. There's no championship aspirations or, or, or championship opportunities for me here. I'm going to start getting ready for the for the draft, getting ready for the combine. Mm-hmm. It, it, they, most players, when they do that, they completely change their training, going from football training to combine training, which are two different things. Yes. Because it's, I mean, the combine's basically like the NFL's version of field day. If you remember field day from being in elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, you're running races, doing things like that. Um, I wonder now how that affects, you know, if Marvin Harrison becomes this this trendsetter. Like, I'm not training for the combine. I'm training for football. I'll show up in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. 
Um, are more players apt to play in bowl games now? Probably not. I think then maybe that ship has sailed. No, no. And, and and I think that I think in the case of this too, it it's there seems to be there's a feeling that the top ten in this draft might be about as predictable as it ever is mm-hmm. in terms of who's going to go and when they're going to go. And and if you believe that, and you, if you're Marvin Harrison Jr. and you look at this and go, I'm not going any higher than four, and I'm not going any lower than four, what's the point? And I totally understand that. I totally do too. And and yet there's and yet there's people who still debate what are the Bears going to do? What are the Bears going to do with that number one overall pick? I I just I stagger at the stupidity of the question only because it it, it reflects how stupid that organization has been in the past. I mean, wh- what more do you have to see from Justin Fields as a, Fields as a starting quarterback that you haven't seen already? And, and oh, especially what's going to change well, in the next month. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and so and, and so unless this is a power play from Caleb Williams that that kind of scares you off. I don't understand why there's even a thing. You know, if you're the Bears, because other than that, you've got a, you don't have a bad roster and you and you've never had that dude at quarterback. And now you got a chance to grab that dude. Take him. So I so I think that's what it's going to be like. I just still have to I still have to see Jaden Daniels at three to believe that that's going to happen. Jaden Daniels not working out in Indianapolis either. It was announced today. For I, I, and his his reasons are probably a little bit different. Here's a guy who a year ago mm-hmm. was nowhere near this highly thought of as a pro quarterback prospect put together one of the top years a quarterback has ever had in college football from a statistical standpoint. Mm-hmm. So you can't really blame him for, for not working no. out either. You're just going to hurt yourself. No. Wait for the pro day, a more controlled environment where you're working in more comfortable settings, less pressure, and show yourself there. I'm curious, and and we've talked about this a lot, in the, in the Bears' history, they've never had that dude at quarterback. Mm-hmm. In your vast knowledge of Bears history, Bears, was there a quarterback that kind of stoked the fan base into thinking that he was the dude more than one? Is Justin Fields that guy? Was there more eggs put in the, hey, we finally got our savior at quarterback when it comes to Justin there, Fields? There was a time when Eric Kramer was really, really good, but he wasn't a young player. Um, was it Cutler? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it was Jim McMahon. No. Even though Jim McMahon was beloved because he checked all those Chicago boxes. Yeah, well, he, was, he was a leader. He was yeah, outspoken. Yes. But he wasn't. He was a game manager. Cutler had some good statistical seasons. Cutler had the that arm talent and stuff. He never quite recovered from that playoff where he was on the sidelines. Yes. When they had to play Caleb Haney yeah. in the NFC oh, Championship yeah, game. Because the, the public opinion of him kind of plummeted well, after that. I remember that happening and what a controversy that was. And I was by no means a, a Jay Cutler defender, but uh-huh. I remember I, I remember pinning the blame on Bears PR. Like, they left him hanging out to dry. Because they, they didn't close the book on him returning, and there was no chance he was coming back in the game. No. And they kind of just made him look stupid. No, you're right about that. So as it applies to quarterbacks and the combine, the the one guy who apparently is going to go there and do everything is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. So is he going to be a guy that that benefits because of that? There's so many people that think he's going to elevate big time. And and you wonder about that. You wonder about the NFL and its never-ending quest for money. 
you wonder if there's going to be some sort of artificial uh, promotion of the ones that do go there. See, it is worth coming here. Uh -huh. See, you, you might lose your status without even well, knowing it. Well, it still comes down to a team investing a draft pick in those I guys. Know. You're right. Well, look You're at right. look at the way things are trending, though. Because not only are players now not going to, and working out at the combine, they're not doing the Senior Bowl. They're not playing in their regular bowl games. And there, we've even seen examples of players taking off ends of season if their team's not in, mm -hmm. in for a big that, That's the next step is players tapping out of full seasons. Well, they were, there was talk that, that Jadavian, Caleb could have done that, too. Jadavian Clowney was the first guy where they're like, why is he coming back to play? He's just going to hurt his status. <laughs> he knocked a guy's helmet off right. in a bowl game. That's what right. else can he do? What, what else do you need to see? <laughs> Coming up next, we'll hit the 9 o'clock hour. Sarah Cazell will take us through some social studies here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.